My name is David Rajidi. I'm the former WBF International Super Featherweight Champion and the former WBF All Africa Lightweight Champion. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode on Ringside Talk Show, Rolling, um, rolling with the Punches with your host, David Rajudi. Today, we've got a special guest, guys. Um, a heavyweight prospect all the way from South Africa. He has 12 fights, two losses and one draw. He's the current South African heavyweight champion. He's the current ABU Africa heavyweight champion. And he will be fighting for the WBC International Bridge weight in the next two months. All the way from South Africa, I've got my one of my friends, very good and talented, hard-hitting fighter, Chris the Wolf Thompson. What's How up, guys? I'm good, thanks yourself. Thank you very much for having me on the show. No problem, brother. No problem. Thank you for uh, taking this time to sit with us. I know uh, as an athlete and as a fighter, you know, your day is busy with the training and all of that. So, Chris, welcome to Ringside Talk Show. As I told you before we start, we're just going to kick back, brother, uh, talk to the fans, mainly from the United States and uh, around the world. Just let them know who you are and all. Um, as I started, Chris, uh, I told the people you have 12 fights, two losses, one draw. You're the current... 13 fights. 13 fights. 15. 12 Two losses, one draw. Losses, one draw. Yes, yes, yes. And the current SA uh, heavyweight champion, the current ABU Africa heavyweight champion, and uh, WBC bridgeweight international contender. We'll get to all of that soon. Chris, tell us who you are, brother. We start in the beginning where you grew up. Um, who are you? Uh, yeah, man. Let us know. Yeah, so obviously my name is Chris Thompson. Uh, I'm a professional boxer from South Africa, Johannesburg. Uh, I'm currently 27 years old. Um, I grew up uh, in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, mainly in Randburg in Northcliffe. Uh, I went to school in that area. I went to Northcliffe Primary and then I did my senior high school at King School Robin Hills. Uh, I wasn't always a professional boxer or wasn't really always into boxing at all. Uh, in school, I started for South Africa. Uh, up until the age of 18, then uh, decided overnight I didn't enjoy swimming anymore. It was just too much in the pool. Started playing rugby a bit, played rugby professionally here in South Africa. I played for the Sharks, played for the Bulls, then uh, broke my left knee, had a knee replacement uh, at the age of 21. And uh, at the age of 22, I decided to take up boxing, you know, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Wow, brother. Uh, it sounds like you grew up in a very athletic lifestyle from uh, swimming all the way to rugby and then finding uh, your your footsteps in the boxing. It sounds like, you know, your childhood, you were uh, drawn in, yes, athletics and uh, keeping fit, uh, you know, also yeah. swimming. I know as a sport, it, you're always keeping fit and all of that. So how was that growing up? Uh, you know, um, it sounds like, yeah, you were always in, 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 in sports as a, as a child. Eh? Um, run us through that. Eh? Sound like your parents were also very supportive in that. In that. 
Yeah, to be honest with you, uh, from a very tender age, probably from five or six years old, I knew sport was what uh, I wanted to do. Um, if you had asked me at a young age what what was I going to do professionally, I would have told you swimming. Um, I represented South Africa. I went to the Glasgow Commonwealth Games uh, in 2012. Um, and uh, then literally just overnight uh, decided I didn't enjoy swimming anymore. I think it, it was just too much, you know, from the age of six, I was in a pool twice a day, spending six hours in a pool a day. And uh, then I just, you know, I got over the sport of swimming and uh, I started uh, to pursue rugby. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sport has always been my background. I always knew from a very young age that I would be a sportsman and, and, and not sit in a nine-to-five or, or do a conventional job. Uh, then played rugby professionally, uh, played for two very big unions in South Africa, the Sharks and, and the Blue Bulls. And then uh, I broke my left knee uh, playing for the Bulls. Did my rehab at the Bulls. Uh, and the year later, I was obviously in a stuck place, just broke my knee playing rugby. I didn't really have the passion to play rugby anymore after breaking my knee. I had a very severe break. I did everything in my knee, my MCL, PCL, my meniscus, my patella, my patella tendon, broke my tibia and my fibia. And so I had to have a a knee replacement and the top of my tibia and fibia had to be built up uh, by titanium pieces. And so I just, uh, I, I tried to go back to rugby, but to be honest with you, psychologically, I just wasn't there. Um, I was a bit afraid of the knee. Um, and then, you know, I started boxing on the Stanford Stadium uh, in 2017. I was 22 years old. Um, yeah. I'm, now 20, I'm now 27. So I've been doing it professionally for five years and, uh, you know, I'm grateful, blessed uh, that, you know, the paths led me this way. Obviously, as I said, it could have been a number of sports, you know. But that's uh, very amazing, brother. I think when I met you, um, you were playing rugby and all. Uh, shit. I don't think uh, any of us thought uh, we would see you boxing and all because, as I'm saying, when I met you, you know, it was all rugby, um, uh you know, um, and uh, to see what you've you've gone you've done in the sport, especially in South Africa, it's very tremendous. Let's talk about your moving into the from rugby into boxing. You know, it's two different types of sports, uh, two different types of training. Um, you know, you could say you have you you can't just play. You played in the top teams of rugby in South Africa, as for those that don't know, uh, rugby is a 15-man team sport. Um, you know, it's it's very physical. It's very it's a lot of contact. And uh, for 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 you to play in the teams that Chris has mentioned, you have to start in amateur level to get to those teams. You know, you get chosen by selectors and all. In South Africa, not a lot of people actually make those teams. So, Chris, it sounds like you were playing rugby also from a young age to make those teams. Now your change from rugby into into boxing. How was that? Because you had no boxing experience in the in the past as an amateur. As okay, we don't know if you had been into boxing gyms, but it sounds like you were more in the swimming and on the rugby field. Um, how did uh, a change, like you say, overnight? If that happened with your boxing, how would the different changing did this? training that you have from rugby to boxing, did you find this? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard to 
just, you know, to grasp like one minute rugby, next minute you're in a boxing gym. How in the world yeah. would you be? Yeah, to be honest with you, I never had any uh, amateur experience. Never, never yeah. had been in a fight. Never laced up a pair of gloves. I'd actually never been inside a boxing gym, to be very honest, until the age of 22. Um, the training styles are completely different. Obviously, playing rugby, as you said, it's a very physical sport. Uh, so I knew I enjoyed the physical aspect of all of sport. I enjoyed contact. I enjoyed dominating people in contact. And so when I broke my knee, I was kind of left in a difficult place to say, well, you know, where am I going to go? I wasn't prepared to start working a conventional nine-to-five job and working in corporate. I wasn't happy with that. So I actually went to lunch with my current wife. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. And uh, we went for lunch uh, at a shopping mall called Cresta. And, uh, you know, I was just discussing with her, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Obviously, I tried to go back to rugby. It wasn't the player that I was before. Obviously, psychologically, I was worried about my knee, going into contact and things like that. And so she said to me, well, you know, you're quite notorious for fighting. You know, everybody on the street doesn't really want to mess with you. Why don't you try boxing? So I said to her, you know, fighting on the street and, and boxing are two very different things, but, you know, I'm prepared to have a go. So went on to Google, Googled the boxing gyms near me, and Chad Stadium's gym came up, and I drove straight from that lunch. I drove to the gym, and I walked in, and I told the trainer, hey, I want to I box. And he said to me, okay, cool, this is what um, the classes are, this, that, the next thing. So I said to him, no, I don't want to join the classes. I want to fight professionally. So obviously, being Chad Stadium in South Africa is quite a big name as a trainer. He didn't know who I was. So he said to me, have you had any like, degree? Have you boxed before? So I said to him, no, I've never boxed before, but I've fought a couple of times in the street, you know, played rugby, you think I'm quite tough. So he said to me, okay, cool, come back tomorrow and bring your gum guard and bring some gloves. So I said to him, I don't have gloves. I've got a gum guard from playing rugby, but I don't have gloves. I don't have anything else like that. So I rocked up the next morning at 9 o'clock. I didn't know anything about boxing, to be honest, and he put me in the ring with Tommy Wurstazen. For those who don't know, he's a seven-time world champion. Obviously, I didn't know who he was because I didn't know the sport of boxing. Got into the ring and in like four rounds, Tommy put me in the hospital. Broke my nose, gave me a concussion. You know, I just, I really wasn't prepared for what he was putting me in for. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, took the six weeks off the sport, went to hospital, broke my nose, served the sentence. Your first sparring the session, your first time in the boxing ring, eh? They put first you ever, seven- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I recovered from that, went back. Then Kat uh, said to me, okay, well, get back in the ring with Tommy. And this happened about three times. He'd been to hospital about three times. Kept coming back, kept coming back. And then like after six months to eight months, you know, the tide started changing. And uh, he, he stopped beating me up. And then Kat said to me, okay, you ready for your pro debut? And uh, after six months of being a boxer of some sort, I had my pro debut in Durban. Oh, wow. That's very amazing, brother. Um, it's actually quite an amazing story that, you know, uh, a lot of fighters have these kind of stories, how they got into fighters. If some have been going into prison, some have uh, left the gang life, some have um, come from dark places, you know, you have all these uh, stories, how people have found boxing. And yours is also one of those, I will say, a very epic story, you know, uh, just hearing it. To be honest, I didn't know it went down like this, but to hear this and to to see where you've come in your career and where you are today, 
and we'll get to that just now. It's very amazing, brother. Uh, amazing, amazing. Stuff. Uh, it sounds like you had a lot of sheer will and determination, always going back to the to the gym all the time. Uh, you sparred with Tommy Ostazen. For those that don't know as well, like Chris said, Tommy seven-time IBO super middle or middleweight champion of the world. Um, so even that, you know, uh, I remember for me, uh, my sport, first time I sparred, Damn, it was like after three months of learning how to throw the double jab straight right. And we weren't sparring no world champions and shit. We were just sparring the amateur lighties and stuff like this. So, brother, my hat's off to you for always coming back and for, 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 for you know, showing your heart, will, and your determination. And I think that's what Coach Kirk saw in you. So, yeah, man, run us through your, 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 your career. Um, your, 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 your pro career with coach, uh, you say your first fight was in Durban. Um, run us through that, uh, you know, um, how was that for you? Um, yeah, how so I had my first fight uh, in Durban. I actually uh, fought Josh Pretorius, a guy that I beat for the South African and African heavyweight titles, yes. uh, some 14 fights later. But, you know, to be honest with you, when I went to the fight with Chad and fought Josh like I said, I was a novice. All he said to me is keep your left hand tight and just jab. You can win the, the fight with one hand. You've got long reach. You've got speed. Just jab. And uh, he didn't allow me to throw any other punch. He said to me, if you throw another punch, when you come to the corner, I'm going to slap you. So obviously, I was more afraid of him slapping me than anything else. So had the fight, uh, won the fight on a jab, won by unanimous decision. We, we fought five round, four rounds. Yes. Um, I won the fight 40-36 on all judges' scorecards. Yes. And then uh, moved on, you know, had two pro fights after that. And then I would say uh, in my fourth fight, I had the toughest fight I've ever had. Still today, yeah. I fought the Kani Puzi, uh, the only guy to beat me twice. The first fight, to be honest with you, I beat him. Um, we fought in a six-round fight and uh, he got a point deduction. I fought him on his promoter's show. So you know how it is. Fighting on his promoter's show. They always get the favor on the judges' court cards. And uh, yeah, to be honest with you, uh, I believe I beat him. And I still believe I beat him in that fight, in the first fight. Um, but it is what it is, you know. Moved on, took the loss, came back, had another two fights, and I fought Akani again. Uh, when I fought Akani the second time, he caught me with a very good punch in the second round, and he actually knocked me out. Um, I took my time off from boxing, I came back, and uh, you know, I persevered. And uh, now I'm on a nine fight winning streak, haven't lost a fight in nine fights, as you said, current South African champion, current African heavyweight champion. And you know, we moved on, I learned my lessons. As I said, uh, I fought Akani, for those who don't know, he's a very decorated amateur. Uh, he won bronze also at the Commonwealth Games. He, so he did really well for himself. As a, and like I said, obviously knowing nothing about the sport of boxing, I thought I could beat anybody, you know. <laughs> and uh, so took a, very, took a fight with a very experienced guy and uh, I paid the lesson, you know. I want to ask you something, brother. Very interesting what you said there. You know, we're speaking about Pussy, the guy you, the only loss you've had on your record, you lost to him twice. Um, just a quick one. Maybe you can explain. Maybe it's the the mental from your your old sports. Uh, swimming taught you this, or or rugby taught you this. You know, um, going through defeat, especially in a sports like boxing, it's one of the hardest sports to 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 handle defeat. 
Uh, I've had a few losses on my on my cards. I lost before in the amateurs. It was the amateurs that taught you how to fight, how to lose, how to win. You know, uh, you you lose. The coach will tell you, "Don't worry, we're not losing. We're actually learning before you become a professional." And you get some fighters that they go into the the, the pro ranks and they win, 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 win. Hit the first loss, they hit a plateau. They don't know what to do anymore. Not just in South Africa, all around the world. Uh, fighters, they, they got depressed. They, they don't know what to do with themselves because they've had that first loss in a fight. You know, you never had that, that amateur experience to help you with such things. You never had that. How did you come back from that? How did you, how did you find the will like you did when the coach put you up with Tommy to say, you know what, I ain't giving up here. Yes, I didn't have an amateur career. Yes, this is my third, fourth fight. I'm lo I've lost, but I know there's something bigger out there. There's, I, I want more and stuff. How did you, how did you get that, brother? If you understand uh, what I'm saying. I think it in me, you know. Uh, and to be very honest with you, I think it was swimming that put that in me, you know. Swimming is a very tough sport, mainly. Very tough okay. sport. It's you versus it's you versus you, you know, swimming pool, you know, you're racing a time. Um, and you know, to be honest, I faced defeat in my life before. Uh, you know, last big swimming race for okay. South Africa. Uh, you know, didn't medal when I was supposed to medal at, at certain games. Lost okay. uh, uh, in rugby games, broke my knee. You know, I've experienced hardship, you know. But um, I've always known that, you know, life is bigger than, than just hardship. You know, this is uh, an avenue that I've chose to make money from, which is the sport of boxing. And uh, to be honest with you, it's actually something Alan Will uh, told me. He said, you know, you don't judge a fighter on their record as it stands currently. You judge a fighter at their record at the end of their career. What did they achieve at the end of their career? What did they do 100%. throughout their career, you know? 100%. A loss is a loss. And it was probably Floyd Mayweather that, that changed the whole concept about losing and everybody's so afraid to lose their, their own. Yeah. But fight the best. Maybe, the best. maybe you don't, you know? It is yeah, what it is. For me, it's... Yeah, I like what you said there. For me, it's um, as uh, a zero. Having a zero doesn't really make you a true champion. Having lost, coming back and fighting champions and being the champion still, that makes you a true champion in my eyes. Knowing how to lose and picking yourself up and, you know, uh, raising the bar on yourself and in, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your tools and your tasks, that's what makes a true champion in my eyes. Uh, so 100%. And hey, brother, you on one... Uh, Let's be honest, you're on a road that probably when you started on the odds, you were 100 to 1. Probably everybody yeah. looked at you. Who's this Chris guy? Rugby player, uh, swimmer, 100 to 1. Look at you now. Uh, 14 fights later, you the hardest hitter in Africa. You're SA champion. You're going now to a big, big fight that we're going to speak about. You know, it's just, this is a little... For me, he shows a lot of um, of the champion. When you say champion, the championship inside of you, bro. And uh, yeah. it's, uh, big things coming your way. I really believe this, brother. Thank you, bro.
Yeah, man. So let's touch a bit on your on your career, bro. We spoke about Pusi. Um, you said that was your to this day your hardest fight. What would you say uh, has been your, the most exciting fights and uh, uh, so far in your career? And uh, while you're at that, can you just run us down to? I know you left Hacked. Just uh, but on your journey there in South Africa with your trainers. Uh, your managers, your little bit of your team. Just run us down on that, please, bro. Um, to be honest with you, my most exciting fight was probably my latest fight when I fought for the South African and African heavyweight titles. Just because of the titles on the line, just because of the work that I've done over the last five years, you know, people doubting me, people not thinking that I would ever win a championship. Uh, and to be honest with you, the whole time in the camp, I knew I was going to win the fight. Um yeah. I knew that I would become the new South African heavyweight champion. I, and I knew that I would put my name among some greats that have held that title, you know. And uh, to be honest with you, the reason why I box, everybody has their own motivation, is I want to make history, you know. I want my name to be remembered in the sport of boxing. And, uh, you know, I don't really fight for money. I don't fight for other things. I want people to remember me, who I am, and I want them to remember who I was in a boxing ring. Um, so my most exciting fight was definitely my latest fight with Josh. I... Uh, Probably beat him in the best performance a heavyweight has ever had in our country. I beat him on a 120, 108 shutout on all three judges' scorecards. So I won all 12 rounds on all three judges' scorecards in the SA title fight, which was quite exciting for me, you know. Um, As you say, I've had quite a time. Yeah, man. uh, Can I stop you there? Uh, Just... I want to touch on something. You were cruiserweight before you went into the heavyweights. Now, yeah. that change, were you a cruiserweight coming down into the weights or yeah. are you naturally a cruiserweight now you going up into the heavies and the pretty No, so I've always, been a, I've, I've always walked around at about 104, 105 kilos. So I used to drop 14 kilos to come down to cruiser. Okay. I then decided uh, it was too much. Uh, I felt I was hindering my own performance to come down to the cruiserweight division. And, uh, you know, obviously losing 14 kilos and trying to pile it back on is is not very clever. It's not yeah. intelligent. And to be honest, I hated the weight cut. I, I hated it. I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah, you know, lying in a bath. And, you know, for me to make the cruiserweight division that last week, on fight week, I was eating one meal a day. Wasn't eating breakfast. I used to eat lunch and not eat dinner for like a week. Wow. Then I decided, you know, what am I doing? I'm not even fueling my body uh, just to make cruiserweight division. You know, it's not very intelligent. So I made the move up to heavyweight. Put all the heavyweights on notice. When I moved up, I, I said to them, I'm, in the next three fights, I'm winning this SA title. Yes, yes. Well, no matter what you guys have to say about it. And, uh, you know, that's what we did. So, yeah, I was always a natural heavyweight fighting okay. crew. Okay, nice, bro. Nice, bro. So tell us a bit about your team now. You know, you touched that you started with uh, Uncle Hack straight Um I also know Uncle Hack. I did some training with him there in South Africa. Um, I know his son very well. Um, run us through your team and uh, how you went from this place to this place. Because uh, I find that in South Africa, in the boxing, if you you need the right team, with the right team, you can go very forward. You can go far. Um, 
Break us down about your team and how everything worked on and has been playing so far. Look, I'll be honest with you, I've always had a place. I've had uh, three really good coaches. Uh, I never left any of them on bad terms. Uh, just left them for business purposes, you know. Um, I started my career at Fat Stadium. I had a great career with Fat. had four fights. Um, then uh, after my last to Kani, obviously went back to the drawing board and uh, decided, you know, what am I going to do from here? And one of those things that I decided was to move gyms. Uh, and, the, and I moved to Sean Smith. Uh, everybody knows in South Africa, the Smith camp has produced many, many champions. And uh, the main reason why I moved was for sparring. Uh, at the time at Cats, I didn't really have any sparring. I was sparring with very small guys. I was actually sparring. My main sparring partner was Alfonso Tisson, who oh. was the middleweight uh, yeah. champion. He's too small, you know. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, at Sean, there had to be some tuning, who at the time, or, and is currently still in the top 10, you know, obviously, yes. just for Chukamakaba for the WBC world title. He is the current WBC world silver champion. Yes. Um, and, and so that was my reason to go through to Sean, was obviously for the sparring, uh, to spar with tabs. And, uh, you know, just to get some experience in the ring. And uh, then I moved on to... Uh, Went and started training with Sean. Had a great career with Sean. Had no losses with Sean. Five fights, five wins. Uh, had a great career with Sean. Learned a lot from Tadiso. Uh, learned a lot from Sean. Also, to be honest with you, he honed my skills. He made me a really slick boxer. Taught me about the art of boxing a bit more. Had made me very tough. Uh, I would say that was the principle Had taught me. Is he made me tough. Obviously, I always say you, you don't get in the shower and not get wet. You don't get a box hitting and not get hit. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You're going to get it. You're going to get So then went on to Sean, had a great career. Like I said, I had five fights, five wins. I was with him for four years. Uh, and then, always at the time, uh, while I was with Sean, there was a second charge, Shannon Stratum. Actually, Chad's son. Yes. Uh, then Shannon decided to leave Smith's. And uh, I always felt Chan was my trainer. He was the second in charge, but he did a lot of the work with me, a lot of the game plans with me. And uh, so when Chan left, I went with him. And uh, Chan and I have been working together now, just the two of us, for close on two years now. We've had six fights, six wins. We're unbeaten. Uh, we gained the SA title along the way, gained the African heavyweight title along the way. And like you said, now we, uh, we're searching for the international thing on the scenes, you know, looking to yeah. win some of the big titles. Nice, bro. Nice, bro. It sounds like you, you've, you've, yes, you've been blessed uh, with the right people. Uh, just that, Ghat, the Smiths, the Smiths are one of the best trainers. You could say actually are the best trainers in South Africa at the moment with uh, some uh, champions in their stable. Uh, then you went back to to Shannon, you could say, Ghat, son. And uh, I know Shannon very well, very, I want to get him on my show as well, have a few words with him. But uh, yeah, yeah, brother, uh, it sounds like, yes, you're on a, your train is going nice and smoothly, going straight. Uh, talk to us about your next fight now. Uh, you're moving up a division just to be to. If I'm not moving uh, down the division, actually, heavyweight oh, down a division, okay? Is, yeah. is it not? So it's cruiserweight, bridgeweight, bridge and then heavyweight. Heavy. 
Yeah. Okay, okay. So Tyson Britain is 101 kilos. Okay. I'm currently at 106, so about five kilos to cut down to make that bridge weight. Uh, will I campaign at bridge weight? Maybe. It does make sense. The winner of this title gets to fight uh, Anna Babbage for world title. So obviously yeah. I win that, and uh, you know that'll be the the, the path we we go for. You know to to win a world title. Nice, bro. And will this be the first fight you out of South Africa? Is it in? It's, no, uh... this will be my fourth fight. I fought out of South Africa. I've uh, okay. fought three times out of the country. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, all three outings. I enjoy the hostility. To be honest with you, obviously when you go away. You know how it is. The hometown guy yes, gets yes, all the support. Yes. They get yes, yes. all the pressure. You know, they try and do ugly things to you, like play yeah, other yeah. people's music. Yeah. Pick you up late to go to the fight. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. West Africa, this, bro. Yeah, it was I fought right. in Kenya the once. For twice I fought in Kenya. <laughs> rough, bro. For those who don't know, you know, Africa's not for sissy, right? Yeah, it's true, bro. It's true, bro. Yeah. So, run us through your next fights, my brother. You've got a very, very exciting fight. Um, a very, very, very tough opponent. Um, I'm sure your team wouldn't just put you in a fight like this if they didn't believe you were ready. I'm sure you believe you're ready for such a fight. Tell us about this fight. Uh, who are you fighting? Uh, yeah, tell us more, brother. Where are you fighting? What's the story? Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm fighting <laughs> down. I'm fighting down for Cam Linguist uh, for the WBC International Bridgeway title. Uh, he's 13 and 0. He's got eight knockouts. Uh, to be honest with you, he's uh, he's built his career nicely. You know, he's fought some decent guys. He's fought some really terrible guys. He's fought some guys nine with. 15 losses, two draws. Europe, Europe, bro. You find it in Europe, right? Yeah, finding in Denmark, in Copenhagen, Denmark. Yeah, nice, nice, bro. Nice, very beautiful. Obviously, you know, going abroad is is a bit of a risk. Uh, obviously, you get hometown cooking, which is, is no secret in boxing, but you know, when the WBC attached their name to it, you know, we were very intrigued by the offer because yeah. obviously with the WBC, it means very neutral judging. Yes. Uh, the rate will be from a different country and all three judges will be from different countries other than the hometown, yeah. not hometown, not his hometown. So yeah. there will yeah. be no favor. Yeah, it will be neutral grounds. Obviously, it's a massive opportunity, WBC International. Whoever wins this fight will fight for a world title, which is obviously the dream, you know. Become a mm -hmm. WBC world title, uh, world champion is, is the dream. Um, so, I you know, we you took know, a fight. Yeah, yeah. Carry on, carry on, carry on, yeah, so we took a fight. It is, it, it is a risky fight. Obviously, 13 and over, a guy that hasn't tasted defeat yet. But uh, we see opportunity in that. He's a very tall guy. He's six foot nine. Uh, for those oh. who want to know, I'm six three, so you? he's quite a large. Yeah, he's, he's taller a big than guy. You, yeah, he's taller than me. No way! I didn't think that's clear. Yeah, so he's a big guy, very big guy. But uh, you know, open to the opportunity. As I said, when I fought in Kenya, uh, not in Kenya, when I fought in Tanzania, I fought a guy that was six nine, and I handled the height okay. quite well. 
beat that guy. And, uh, you know, now we're just moving on to the next opportunity. Obviously, as I said, it's a big one for me. Um, yeah. the last Not just for you, my brother. I think, you know, I was talking to, um, what's his name? Uh, DJ on Thursday. I had him here on my show. And we were actually talking about something like this where, you know, you saying WPC international title, it's a bit, it's, it's not only just for you, bro, for South Africa to have a fighter fighting. This is huge. It's not, uh, it's not little things, you know. Uh, I think, yeah, champion in a heavier division, never exactly. Even if you're fighting a silver or 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 international or intercontinental, these are big titles. And like DJ was saying, we need more you guys in South Africa as fighters and stuff. You need more more backing from the government, from 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 the people. You know, uh, like now, if you think about it, you probably in South Africa in, from today to the next four months. There's an IBF title coming in South Africa, and then they have you fighting for the WBC international title. Those are two big fights. You understand? You, you, it should be all over the news. It should be all, not just Kevin Arena. Yes, Kevin Arena has done a good job. We understand. But that's IBO stuff we're talking. We're talking WBC here. It's bigger. Let's be honest. You understand? Um, so they should be throwing you out more, giving you more exposure, more media, more more of this. Because, brother, you just having that fight, you're putting South Africa on the map, not just you, not just your, 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 your coaches and stuff, the whole country as a whole, you're putting them on the map, you know. And I think you, you need more, they should have more, um, uh, they should uh, see you guys more, they should... They should appreciate you, know, you know, Yeah, I agree with you, you know. Obviously, we should get more support, you know, when DJ won the IBF World Championship at the time. We didn't really hear much. Only those who knew uh, him personally knew yeah. that he had won the IBF World title, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously celebrated that with him. But, you know, there was no coverage from the media. But to be honest with you, we break that door down, bro. We break it down. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, if they don't want to give us the coverage, we win the fight, we you keep winning, yeah, it'll yeah, come, right? I, you understand what I'm saying? We that's break that I door down. Is, yeah, we make our own, bro. We we make our own <laughs> stories in a way. We do it up for ourselves. Because you're the only one in the ring. But what I was just saying is, you know, it would be nice to see the country behind such athletes, you guys and stuff, bro, in 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 a bigger, bigger way, you know. Uh, even that's why I've got this platform, just to put you guys out there. Let the world know, of my homie sitting back at home, we've got some champions. We've got the best of the best in the world, bro. You know, uh, and people must know this, you know. South Africa yeah. is hot. You, you, SA champion, ABU heavyweight champion. For those that yeah. don't know, the ABU is like one under the WPC belt in Africa. So, of course, he's, he's the champion, the heavyweight, ABU, yeah. so he's the king of Africa. Yeah. So, if you go onto the WBC website, right, and uh, you look at their continental champions, I'm the South African continental champion. So, if you go onto the WBC, you see who their champions are, my name will come up there, you know, along yeah. with Joe Joyce, along with Justice Tooney, 
along yeah. with Vladimir, Sharenko, you know, all these kinds of guys, bro. So, yes. you know, as you said, the ABU is the WBC Africa belt. Um, you know, I'm blessed, you know, blessed to be in this position. But, and also, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, um, we can say how blessed we are so many times. The hard work, bro. God gives us the tools, gives us the, the, the thoughts, the knowledge. It's you who puts in the work. It's you who sweats. It's you who cries, who bleeds. Uh, you know, as much as blessed as we are, you're putting in the work, bro. And uh, it's it's so nice to see, you know. Uh, like, I know you. We've, we've had a little jaw and stuff back in the day. And uh, how you've changed your life around, you know. Even when we met, I was like, yeah, I'm the boxer, I'm the boxer. And you were the rugby player. And now I look, you're the champion here, bro. I'm the former champion. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sure. it's amazing, brother. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's it's quite a story, eh? And Chris, I see you've been training overseas, bro. Uh, before I forget this, it's in my questionnaire, okay? Um, I've seen you've been uh, moving up and down in the UK, training and stuff like this. Um, tell us more about that, and uh, why do you do such things? You know. Uh, People, I'm sure a lot of people still don't understand. Hey, David, they ask me, why you leave South Africa and you go fight out there and stuff? Uh, yeah. My question to you would be, why are you going out there and training uh, in the UK and all around? Um, run me down through that, bro. You know, to be honest with you, obviously, as I said, I have no amateur background. Um, I didn't have a single amateur fight. Uh, and... You know, South African boxing scene is pretty small. You know, I've boxed everybody here. I've sparred with everybody here. I know what there is to offer here in South Africa, you know. Um, so after my last fight, two days after my last fight, I decided to fly to England. Brawl, had the fight, flew down to England, continued my training. And, uh, you know, I wanted to see what those guys have. Obviously, currently in the world, the UK is where the heavy guys is at, you know. They've got Anthony Joshua, they've got Tyson Fury, they've got yes, Fraser Clark, they've got yes. Dillian White, they've got that Alan Babbage, who's actually from Croatia, but he's based there. Uh, you know, they've got plenty, plenty. They've got Jose Stewart, you know, the list goes on. They've got Nathan Corman. They've got, you know, they've got top-class guys. Huey Fury, they've got top, 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 top-class guys. So... You know, we, we made the decision to go there and uh, expose ourselves. As I said, uh, you know, I like to be uncomfortable. I like to know what's out there. I like to be realistic with myself. You know, so we, we went through to to England. We went to Birmingham. And, uh, you know, we got the training there. We got the experience. We sparred with those guys. And, uh, you know, I just want to put myself out there. You know, I would like to fight on the international scene. You know, the last great, great fighter to come out of South Africa was Brian Mitchell. You know, if you're talking the German world title, world guy, world known, household name, it was Brian Mitchell. And the reason why I believe he became a household name is because he fought overseas 16 times for his world yeah. title. Won his, six, his world title abroad 16 times. 16 times, yeah. Come on, bro. You know, yeah. that's the, that's what it's about. You know, I want to go, I want to beat guys in their hometown. You know, beat them in their kitchens if I have to. You yes, know, yeah. fighting, you've got to go against the crowd. You've got to fight. It's you and that guy. doesn't matter yes. what the crowd does. You know, I would like to beat guys in their hometowns. You know, if you say you're the best or you believe you're the best in anything, 
Go meet the guy on his home, you know. It's one thing to fight at home. It's another thing to fight abroad, you know. Abroad, yeah. That's what I was saying. And I'm uh, happy you said that, you know. We were talking about it um, with DJ yeah, last week. And uh, I was saying for me as well, it's been a little bit hectic. Not hectic, but a little bit uh, difficult because we like a needle in a haystack uh, coming into Europe or like he went to America to get fights, to get uh, just to get people to back you and stuff like that. It's very difficult. But here we are, we push, we pushing, we 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 coming to the people's backyards, knocking on their doors really to fight them, you know. And uh, for me, this is what really makes real fighters, not those people that always fighting in the same casino for the same titles, fighting the same old people. To no, that doesn't make sense. Please. If you know what I'm saying. You know, it's also a blessing, you know, we get to see the world with what we do, you know. Yes, 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 yes. And I think uh, some people are afraid to do that. Some people are very comfortable in their own little bubble to do all that shit and to 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 be a king and a master in their own little bubble. They're scared to break yeah. out. I see you looking big, bro. Um, like I've been talking to you now, now for 40 yeah. minutes. And I see you, you're also talking about going out there, fighting people's backgrounds. You're fighting for the WPC. You win this title now. Um, what are your team looking on doing? As you say, you know, it's very difficult. South Africa is difficult, especially for these titles. IBF, WPC. You win it, yes. Now you need to fight for it again. Sanctioning yeah. this, this Yes. You know, uh, that the next route is what? You win a title, you get stripped. And that's the worst, you know? Does your team have a plan to say, okay, Chris, we're here. We, this is where we're going, and this is where we're going, bro. No matter the bodies, sanctioning fees, this, this, that. No matter what the South Africans have to say, because it seems like you're going into a... Where you're going, you're not going to fight in South Africa, bro. Because of, you know, you're going up, you're going forward, you're going, you know, not to say you cannot fight in South Africa, you can, there is just ain't no cash there, bro, you know, and uh, you're looking at... Yeah, you know, obviously, as you said, you know, the sanctioning fees, the, the yeah, current yeah, yeah. exchange rate to the pound, 22 rand to, to pound. one pound, Even the exchange to rate the to the dollar, 18 yeah. rand to one dollar. Yes. So, you know, they come with sanctioning fees here locally and, you know, the promoters don't want to pay it, you know. It's, it's, the, the sanctioning fees and that belt is what two or three fights would cost here on a card. That's yes. before they've paid us. That's they've before paid. any doctors, anything. They've just paid sanctioning fees and belts. That's it. They haven't even paid the refs to come. Remember, like, you have a WBC International here in South Africa. They've got to fly out refs from three different countries, they got to fight, you know, the guys don't want to do it. all of that, it gets, it's, so this is my question, is you fighting these fights now at, 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 at your current record, okay? You win this. I believe you can win this, bro. What happens next? You said there's a world title fight on the line. So are you guys, your team, Chris Thompson's team saying, okay, we're done now with South Africa. We're looking abroad. Taking on the world of boxing, we've done now with South Africa. I'm sure you will have your, you have to uh, defend your titles a few times, your South African yeah. titles. 
But yeah. I look looks like you guys are looking beyond South Africa right now. Yeah, so to be honest with you, I would like to only campaign abroad. As you said, obviously, I do have a lo two local titles that I would love to defend. Um, so we're going to have this fight uh, in September in Denmark. And then I've already made contact with a very big local present uh, promoter on ESPN here. I would like oh, yeah. to defend my, my essay and uh, ABU titles at the end of the year here in South Africa. You know, oh, obviously, right. give my fans what they want to see. Um, and then in the new year, once we win this title, we will campaign for a world title. You know, from there, will I defend my SA title again? Probably not. I don't think I'll be allowed to. You cannot be a world champion and be a national yeah. champion. I would have it's to vacate. Yeah. Yeah, so I would, I, yeah, I would then vacate. Um, I would like to defend my SA title and my, my ABU. Um, and I'll do it at the end of the year here on the ESPN show. Uh, yeah, right. So that's the plan for now. Win this fight is the main. Obviously, we're not looking beyond this fight. We've got to win this fight. And then at the end of the year, I would like to, whatever that result is, I would like to defend my title here locally. And then obviously, we get a win abroad and we will only campaign abroad, you know, as you say, sanctioning fees, you know, world yeah. title. We can't hold a local title, national title, and a continental title if we are world champions. Yeah. Okay, nice, brother. Nice, brother. So, brother, yeah, man, we've been speaking 45 minutes. I'm sure even your joy is tired of you. I see you've been sparring and shit. Uh, for the homies and uh, the, my fans and the people watching the show, uh, where can people get hold of you? Chris, um, your Instagram, Jeff, Twitter. Just give the guys uh, where we can get your handle, get hold of you a little bit. Uh, if we want to carry on watching you, your career and stuff. Yeah, so my handle on Instagram is Chris the Wolf Thompson, uh, as well as my Twitter, my Facebook, Chris Thompson. And to be honest with you, those are the only social platforms that I have. Uh, I don't have much yeah, else. So if you're yeah, looking lovely. to find us, that's that. Okay, lovely, brother. And I always ask uh, my guests a few questions and stuff, sometimes just random ones. My question for you today is uh, for the young viewers watching, the young uh, uh, people watching that don't know about boxing and, you know, hear your story, get motivated by you. Uh, those kids who want to do this and don't, aren't sure and, uh, you know, anyone that you can inspire right now watching this, brother, any words of inspiration for anyone out there? Yeah, 100%. Bro. I love this question, to be honest with you. Um, I always say to, to people, you know, when you look at me, there's nothing special. You know, when you see me, I'm not super talented. I'm not super intelligent. I am uh, not super wealthy. I don't come from a super wealthy background. I don't have advantages in life. And... Uh, I believe there's only one avenue to success and that's hard work. You know, whatever that dream is that you've got as a child, whether that is to be a professional boxer, whether that is to be a professional gymnast, whether that is to be a doctor, whether that is to be a guy who picks up rubbish on the side of the road, you know, work hard, you know, those dreams are, are you can accomplish anything through hard work and uh, through timely hard work, you know. I believe that that will get anybody successful in any tier, in any form. You don't have to be the most intelligent person. Just work hard, dedicate yourself to something, commit yourself to something, and, and you know you'll come up on top. 
Lovely, brother. Those are nice, powerful words, Mapru. And uh, I'm sure the people uh, heard that and they respect that. Uh, once again, Chris, I just want to say thank you, brother. Uh, I was sitting here today, guys. This doesn't happen all the time. Even some of my guests, some are former champions. Some are fighting to be champions. Today, I had the pleasure to sit with the current SA heavyweight champion and the current ABU Africa heavyweight champion, Chris the Wolf Thompson. Thank you for your time, brother. Uh, it was an honor having you on my show. And uh, we'll, I'll be definitely watching, brother, all the way from Germany. I'll keep watching the guys. I'll definitely be watching. We're supporting you here 100%. Uh, make us proud, fly that flag nice and high, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing amazing things, bro. Like I say, uh, you've shocked not just me, you've shocked many people. And uh, yeah, brother, we believe in you. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you once again for your time, bro. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem, my brother. And uh, yeah, bro, see you soon. Probably I'll be coming home. <laughs> Trying to get a mix up there in South Africa, also on ESPN. But uh, hopefully something can happen and I'll see you guys soon, bro. See you soon. Thank you very much for having me. Lovely, lovely. Thank you, guys. That's another episode of Ringside Talk. Uh, join me on Thursday for another episode. We'll be dropping your guest very soon. Thank you very much. <laughs>